doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Homebrew. We are back here with another pair of beers to drink on this lovely show, but only one guest. We have two two beers. Um, I think that they're technically, well, they're sour beers, but I guess there's a wine grape. So this is a Malbec juice one and a Sauvignon Blanc juice with another. And then uh, the homebrewer, Naraya, is on the line here to take us through each of these beers, what he did. And then, uh, you know, we can judge it and do a whole thing. We'll do a whole shtick, but instead of having two people, you guys, we have one. It's crazy. It's weird. Uh, but, you know, it's 2022. We got to we gotta change things up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, before we get to Naraya, though, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. You go to fivestarchemicals.com, learn about the best way to clean and sanitize your home brewing equipment, which is, of course, using Star Sand and PBW, but reverse. Reverse it. Mm-hmm. PBW first. Star Sand second, and that's what that's what it's all about, man. It's like the hokey pokey, kids. It's the hokey pokey <laughs> of cleaning your. Well, <laughs> oh, and then you have to you rinse after your that. PBW in, you take your PBW out, you put your Star Sand in, and you shake it all about. That's, that's right. It's, Remember when people pretty used much to, what you do? They used to sanitize with bleach, and then there was a third step. Oh. You have to rinse it to get all the bleach out. Otherwise, yeah. you'll get oh, these. Uh, uh, I missed awful. that that phase i was i iota for you get these awful chlorophenolics yeah. in your beer that just like destroy it with a tiny tiny yeah. amount no. you you desanitize everything after you sanitized it by putting taking water and rinsing it it's like yeah thanks that's great no <laughs> well, don't, yeah. don't don't do that don't be using iota for and bleach and all that nonsense well, who would have thought Especially now not bleach there's you know the the uh there's conspiracy theorists out there who drink bleach to cure them oh, of God. covid so there's that uh, so we're back we're full circle sort of guys um yeah. anyway that's what we're doing here it's on the show everybody bleach. it's we're- industrial strength strength chlorine dioxide Bleach is only what the non-believers say to get you to not drink it and take the enema. It's chlorine dioxide, JP. That's right. There you go. Naraya, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're on the uh, East Coast waiting out a storm. Oh, Sorry. damn. Learning yep. about bleach. <laughs> now he has to listen to us. He already wants yeah, to don't... take off. Yeah, I was, I, looked, I was like looking over. I was like, what's going on? You know, we're on Zoom, of course. And it's like Naraya just already looks like over our shit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. No, not at all. No, I'm just kidding. Great. <laughs> and I, I probably should give a public service announcement that was comedy. Please do not drink bleach or insert it in your anus uh, or any other part of your body. Right. Don't if, touch if, it. If you have to explain that it's comedy, it's not comedy. No. Put it in the washing just, machine. Yeah. That's it. We, we live in 2021 where irony is dead and maybe comedy is too. I don't well, know. it's actually well, 2022, you, which yeah, is the funniest part of it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Are we in 22 or is I mean, that yes. just what they want us to think? Yeah. Uh, all right, Naraya, tell me what's up with these beers, right. man. I got right. uh, I got a I got two fruit lambics. Um, the base. What's the base beer on these? It's uh, like a Belgian blonde. Okay, Belgian blonde, and then uh, you got your yeast here. We'll talk about that, and then one is aged on Malbec uh, juice, and the other on Sauv Blanc juice. Do you have a like access to a winery, or, or did you? How did you? How did you handle the juice, or how did you acquire the juice? So it came from a, a wine kit. 
Okay. So uh, nice. I had a buddy oh, cool. that uh, worked at a, you know, brew your own winery. Okay. And so me and him collaborated on this and nice. uh, he kind of guided me to like, you know, what should we use for a white? What should we use for a red? How much do you think, you know? That's really cool. I like it. That's neat. Okay. Um, fellas, which one are we going to open first? Let's do the, the Sauvignon first. Sauvignon, yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, Naraya. So have you done a sour beer before? So this is my second sour. Um, wow. Since then, I have done uh, quite a few, actually. So I just opened the, the lid, and I'm about a foot away, and I just got a nice plume of aromatic. It smells great. Okay, and then uh, th- is this the first time you've you've messed around with adding uh, grape must in there, grape juice? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would be scared. That's one of the reasons I haven't done sour beers before because it's a lot of work. Um, and then I would be like, I think I'm just going to screw it up. I would be pissed if I sat on this beer for like you know 18 months or a year or whatever. And it just was like, it's all for nothing. So uh, kudos to you for diving right in and just kind of, you know, trying some funky stuff right off the bat. I, I, I like a challenge. If, uh, <laughs> if I have to dump it, I have to dump it. I mean, it's sad, but I mean, okay. you know, what can you do? Yeah, cr- you can c- cry and never do it again like me. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right, Cooper, why don't you start us off, huh? All right, uh, let's do this one here. Um, so I just poured it and it kind of... It poured a little head at first, but it settled down pretty quickly there. Um, had a moderate hiss upon opening. Um, yeah, so just right away uh, up front, I get this pleasant, sweet tart, like sour note um, with pleasant uh, uh, grape quality, kind of a tart and citrus-like grape in there. No hops noted. Obviously, it shouldn't be a really hopped beer. Uh, there is a... a Britannomyces funk present at a, I would say a medium high level, but it's not the the goaty barnyardy thing too much. It's more like a hay straw, a little bit of earthiness. Um, the malt is subdued and, and kind of hidden behind those sour qualities, uh, generally neutral. But just smelling it is it is kind of a mouth watering. Uh, it makes you salivate just to smell the beer. So um, that's always a good thing. It has a very, I would say, uh, Cantillon-like nose. Uh, the, the the Cantillon Vigneron is one that they make with uh, uh, Muscat grapes. And, uh, man, that is a great beer to aspire to come anywhere close to. And this beer, to me, smells a lot like that. What I remember it smelling like when I had it, you know, 10 years ago the last time probably, but... Uh, you know, I've had other Cantillons since, and, and a lot of them have that kind of nice balance between the, the tart impression and the, uh, you know, the funk and uh, just their, their kind of house character for their beers. Uh, I don't know if that was something you were going for there or not, but it, it, uh, it brings up pleasant, uh, it conjures up pleasant memories for me anyway. So um, appearance wise, it's a slightly hazy, golden uh, kind of honey-like color. Uh, sudden white head just crests and falls quickly. Like I said, uh, mostly larger bubbles. Uh, but I'm, I'm, as I'm looking at the beer, these pinpoint bubbles keep continuously rising up 
in the center of the glass as it sits. So I, I was just looking at it. Just there's always a little uh, a rise of uh, little pinpoint bubbles. So you know it is it is uh, fairly well carbonated to keep that up for as long as I was uh, sipping on it and enjoying it last night when I first judged this one. Um, so yeah, um, I did take a point off for for uh, just appearance wise for kind of the 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 head should stick around if it is uh, a carbonated version of a lambic and it is uh that one by the way you should probably declare um the um in the style guidelines it does mention that you should declare the uh uh the level of carbonation because some of them won't be carbonated and others it'll just help the judge understand it better i i'm getting around that fine here it seems like it's definitely a carbonated version so that's fine um anyway where was I at in the flavor? Um, moderately sour, uh, sweet tart like character up front. The malt is low, mostly neutral, uh, but moderately kind of just generically bread like. I think the grapes come through nicely in there. There's a definite nice, nice white grape taste um, in there to my to my palate. Um, it, it's in balance with the beer. Uh, the beer is not overly excessively tart and sharp and bitingly sour it's got a nice kind of medium low level of of sourness tartness um but there's a semi-dry finish that that keeps it uh you know from from seeming too uh too sweet and not not sour enough so that kind of helps it too i think and uh the, the funk definitely also uh, comes in and says hey here's a good you know uh sour and you still get the grape, the funk, and the, the sourness kind of in tandem. And I really like that. Um, so it's not it's not a sharp, uh, like, biting sour at all. But, uh, you know, all these elements kind of play nicely together. There's no hops, obviously. You shouldn't have that. Uh, and the aftertaste, there's kind of a sweet, tart, funky aftertaste continuing. Um there's no obvious wood in here. I'm not getting any, uh, any real bitterness uh, from hops or anything like that. So, I mean, it's, it, it's you know, hops kind of counteract what you want to do with sours anyway. So, uh, yeah, the, 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 the balance here is, is generally between the sour and, uh, you know, the, the flavor of the grapes here, which is nice, and the funk. So, it's all coming across nicely. I uh, gave it a 16 out of 20 for, for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel wise it's medium light bodied with a i guess i could say a medium low carbonation uh, there's no obvious warmth it's kind of i don't know if i had to guess where it's at it's a middle of the road you know five or six percent sour i would guess maybe it's stronger and it's just uh <laughs> teasing me but uh, i don't know uh no no real uh astringency or anything like that uh, although the brett gives a slight kind of leathery feel on the tongue um it is slightly puckeringly tart but it's not excessive so that's nice to me um four out of five for mouthfeel um overall impression is just a very pleasantly balanced fruit lambic with all the elements coming together to form a very nicely combined uh, presentation just like the the to me i like the balance of this beer i get enough um of that grape i mean i might like a little bit more of it but um you know, it's coming through uh, in a good way where you taste everything. 
and um, you know you could you could push it a little more sour too but um, you know the, the fruit and the, the base beer are both well done and harmo- harmonious um, I would recommend you could uh, clear up the beer a bit to get a little little better st- score I mean generally a little bit of haze is admissible it's not excessive but it does you know it's not super easy to see through it and uh you know a little bit of haze can be expected uh but you can maybe add some uh if it's a if it's coming from the fruit you could use some uh pectinase to knock out that um the fruit haze that could be in there uh but other clarifying agents will help you clear it up a little bit i mean it's not always again expected to be brilliantly clear but uh, a little better clarity would help uh see if the head could also be uh improved to 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 get that head stand up a little better um yeah it just um it tastes like it's kind of on the the younger side it does you know it's it's nice because with a fruit lambic you don't want to oh yeah you know you always want to age sours of course but with a fruit lambic you know you don't want to age it so much that the fruit just goes away this is still in a nice place that's on the younger side um i understand from the label that it's a blended sour with some older and some newer um sours so your, your blending was done nicely just a very good um very good work on the beer i i landed at a 42 on this one so i just really um enjoyed the balance of it myself and i um just found myself wanting another sip and it's uh, very good i think that you maybe i should be a little bit lower with the clarity and stuff like that but it's just and the, the head falling flat but it's not that big of a deal to me appearance again is just three points so um i don't know that's where i'm at and uh appreciate you sending it thank you what was your score brian sorry i landed at a 42 all right nice respectable 42 all right brian Shar. <laughs> All right, so uh, Naraya, I have to ask my usual question: Are you in a homebrew club? I am not. Well, you're in like a club of two with you and your winery friend. Well, uh, in I'm a not sense, in a club, but what I do is I uh, I brew with friends. You know, I was so, I was know, I was kind of joking. Friends, so sorry. Of course, oh, you have sorry, friends, I man. I I don't mean to imply you don't have any friends. Or you don't have any. So. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, I didn't hear that. Wow, man. Thanks. So, and it wasn't going to imply that you don't. Have, I just was as if you you and your buddy could be like a club. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, yeah. no, I I'm going to change my scores on the fly uh, because Cooper and I talked about this beer before the show, and I've you you were kind enough to send us those big old 22 ounce bombers of sour. And mine, uh, both of these have been sitting out on my kitchen counter for about two, three hours. And it's about 67, 66 in my house. So it's not like uh, a refrigerator, but it's not like super hot. But it's warmed up. And my impression has changed more favorably of this since it, it's warmed up. So uh, initially, my my impression, I'll just kind of read my, my initial, uh, what I had written. Uh, aroma starts off with a medium lactic slash uh, funky uh, bread, bread aromas. Uh, from and It's interesting, when the head settled, I got less of the funk and the lactic uh, and got a uh, little more fruitiness, got a little of Sauvignon Blanc, but not very much. Uh, I didn't get the characteristic grassiness, right? Because Sauvignon Blanc is... Like is its defining characteristic is the grassy flavor and and aroma. Uh, I didn't herbal. get it. Yeah, herbal, grassy, what whatever you want to characterize that as. But uh, 
I didn't get any THP, you know, that Cheerios uh, type of aroma and flavor people always talk about with sour beer. Uh, no, no off aromas. Well, off for sour beer. Uh, but as a, so I kind of I scored it initially eight out of 12 because I liked it as a sour beer, but I wasn't getting the Sauvignon Blanc ingredient. Right. Typically, when you declare an ingredient, you want it to be something you can taste and smell. But as it's warmed up, I definitely get that kind of grassy Sauvignon Blanc character at kind of a low to medium low level. Yeah, that's that's it's definitely there. And I think because it's kind of subtle, you know, and we'll talk about the other one later, the Sauvignon Blanc, it's a white grape. It's, you know, typically white grapes aren't as tannic. The skins aren't, you know, they're tannic, but they're not maybe as tannic or as pronounced as a red wine grape is. Uh, and I kind of felt like the Sauvignon Blanc had gotten lost in the sourness. But as it's warmed, I'm definitely noticing that it's there. So uh, I'm going to come up a couple of points to a 10 out of 12 on that. This is the kind of talked about this before. This is the kind of live judging action you can only find on Dr. Homebrew. Yeah, you lucky well, people, you. I gave yeah. it an 11 on, on the aroma. Yeah. I really yeah. like the aroma a lot. Yeah, the, the aroma is, is fantastic. Uh, and again, the only reason I'd given it a lower score, Brian, Brian and I talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, and none of it had to do with my subjective liking of the beer, because I think it's fantastic from a subjective standpoint. It was more from a judging standpoint of how, if you could have a fruit lambic, the fruit has to be noticeable in some manner. And I felt like it had kind of gotten lost. But again, as it warmed up, like a lot of things that are uh, colder beverages, when they warm up, the subtleties tend to come out. Mm-hmm. And the Sauvignon Blanc is a little, little more subtle. Uh, appearance, three out of three. Colors, pale gold. Heads, medium and persistent. Uh, very clear uh, flavor. I'm going to come up to um, going to come up to 15 because same type of thing. I wasn't getting, I initially was a 14. I wasn't getting the the Sauvignon Blanc character before. Uh, I definitely get it now, the grassiness, but I'm also picking up like a medium low diacetyl, like a real buttery character, which, and I, I can whip out the guidelines quick on this, Brian, but I'm not sure that even in a Lambic, you're supposed to be getting uh, diacetyl. It might be okay at a low level and it might be okay at the level that it is. And it might just be, I had a weird, uh, weird sip of that. Well, that warmed uh, up a lot too. So you're you're sipping yeah. a lot warmer version than I am. I that's I that's very true. Back down. So that's I judged mine. True. I judged mine last night, and I recapped it. So the one I'm tasting today is probably a little less carbonated, but I, I recapped it immediately after pouring last night. And uh, yeah, I, I brought my bottle capper in, and I put a fresh cap on it, and saved it as best I could. And it's it's holding up pretty well. Yeah, but mine is is probably a lot colder than yours yeah. right now. But yeah, I, I, there's some some low diacetyl. And I get a little bit of that slickness on the on the tongue, uh, but I'm definitely getting that again the grassiness of the Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, the uh, initially the flavor is lactic and fruity, with kind of a low funk. Uh, an acid becomes more intense and dominates by by mid palate. Uh, toward the finish is when you start getting some of that. Uh, you get some of that grassiness and that Sauvignon Blanc at the beginning. And then after mid palate, you tend, it tends to come to me, it comes back. Uh, 
then you have a long finish that's uh, fairly balanced, but it is balanced a little toward the the sour. Uh, it's well attenuated, no noticeable hop flavor. It's like I didn't didn't mention. There's no hop aroma, but this is not a beer you're going to have hop aroma or hop flavor. I didn't get THP in the flavor either, but I was. I remember trying really hard because I didn't want to be embarrassed. Like, oh, I love this beer, and I'm ignoring the THP. Uh, I I tried. I, I was you know sucking the air in while I was drinking this, and did not taste any of those uh, that Cheerios character. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is a 15 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel, you know, body's medium, carbonation's medium. Uh, it's not warming. Uh, creamy and astringent don't really apply to sour beer, as far as I could tell. Uh, so five out of five. I'm going to give this an overall impression. I'm going to come up to uh, eight, and that gives me a score of 13, 28, 33, 41. <clears throat> wow. Uh, I mean, I really like this beer. I think it's excellent beer technically. Uh, I love the creativity of adding the Sauvignon Blanc grapes. Uh, my first, uh, when I was first writing this initial o- sort of overall impression, uh, I was like, well, yeah, I'm just not, I like this beer. I'm not getting the grassiness, but I, I am getting the grassiness as, as it warms up. So I am getting that, that character. And it is always harder when you're adding, I think when you're adding white wine grapes to anything than with red wine grapes, because the red wine grapes tend to have a flavor that's just so much stronger and more dominant. I think they're more tannic. Uh, there's more opportunity to say, "Hey, look, here's a, a, a red wine. Here, here's here's red grapes, uh, and white grapes don't always have that." Uh, but I think it's extremely well done. Uh, I'm really pleased to have had this, and I think I'll probably be finishing this uh, twenty this twenty two ouncer tonight. It's only about nine o'clock, right, guys? I can probably have to <laughs> finish this bomber and the other bomber by bedtime, right? Sure. And still, and yeah. not pass out in the media in the meantime. I can, I can do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I'm prefer not if you anything didn't. in the guidelines about uh, diastole. So uh, okay. there's there's no mention either way of it in the okay. the straight lambic or the uh, the fruit lambic. Mm. So okay, so I'm it's not, not really a thing that's. I would say it, it shouldn't be there if it's not really you know mentioned as being allowable, but. Um, I'm not getting it myself, so okay. uh, it probably warmed up quite a lot. But just to just to throw my two cents in the ring, I love this beer. This beer mm-hmm. is very very good. I mean, this is like you would you would go to like the rare barrel and you would buy mm-hmm. some of this and you would be severely pleased. You would pay yes. forty five dollars a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> well, I for wouldn't, the, the three seventy five. Yeah, no. no, but you know what I mean. Like you would, you would. I this is this is what I would expect from a commercial blendery. This is not what I would consider like yeah. a homebrew thing. So whatever you're doing, don't stop. Keep doing it Make because this, this is again. this is like this is you know if you're if I don't know if you're a competition head at all, but this is one hundred percent competition leading stuff i in my this, opinion this is this is potentially a best of show beer it's great it's phenomenal li- listeners you should come to one of our houses and stab us until we give you any remaining yeah. bits of brian shaw right now yeah um but uh so you know drinking it i think Shar, you had some valid points like the the sauvignon blanc it's i think that that grape is a very delicate grape to yeah. show through a sort of i think i'm okay to say it's a, sort of an aggressively sour beer 
You know, yeah. I think like muscat grapes is what you traditionally sort of see, especially in like the as an example in the fruited you know categories um, of a wine grape. I think it it lends a very cool flavor, but it does sort of get lost. It does feel like the beer is maybe young, and and I, I do want to to talk about that. Of course, um, there's a slight slickness, th- thickness, almost like the end of ropiness, like the almost end of snottiness, maybe. So maybe the beer's not ready yet. I don't know. Um, that That's a good point, and that could be where the diacetyl yeah. is coming from. And it's I, that very end of the beer being, quote, sick, unquote, like what Peter Bukhart talks about. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty aggressive, too, so I think, uh, but I've had, you know, fresh, you know, sour beers that are th- this level, so it's not anything out of the ordinary, um, no, as the no. beer dries on my tongue, it sort of gets like grapefruit pithy kind of thing, which, you know, it, I, I, it all works well. I wish I tasted more of the grape, but, but knowing what those grapes taste like, I get it. It's there. You sort of have to search for it. Um, but I think, uh, the amount of juice is fine. I think, you know, changing up, I'm excited to taste the, um, uh, the Malbec, uh, juice as well. Um, I think it's really cool. I think you did a good job, man. So uh, let's just get the first question right out of the way, Naraya, is do you have any more? No, I'm kidding. Um, how, how old <laughs> no, is we're, this? We're not, we're not kidding. Do you have any yeah. more? How old is this beer? Uh, you want to take a guess? Well, I I think it's been in the bottle. I, th- I think it's I think it's just on the on the on the backside of of being sick. So I think it's relative. I think it's rare. I would in four months in the bottle. I'm going to guess nine months. I'll go in the middle six months. Okay. So this was uh, brewed in uh, 2018. Ah, okay. I, I win. I'm, I'm the oldest, so I win. That's right. But when was the and young beer, the young beer that was blended in brewed? That was, that was very young. So I actually have to... Uh, check my notes uh, for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, give me one second. It's actually on my phone, so you might lose me visually for That's a second. That's all right. That's all right. It's cool. So this, no so worries. this was brewed in in t- 2018, and then how long? How long did it go through its process before you blended it through? Um, or will we find out? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know what order to like <laughs> to take all these things. So yeah. So uh this was bottled in 2020. Okay. Wow. Okay. And, uh, okay. January of 2020. Okay. So a couple of years old. It doesn't taste yeah. like it. Well, I mean it's it's the, mature. There's the flavors are mature, the, but some of them aren't. I like the it. The young part of it yeah. uh was only about 4 months old when I blended it in. Well, I th- I think I think your 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 blending um you know technique or palate or um instinct is right on because it doesn't taste like an it doesn't taste that old of beer it tastes fresher than it is it's bright it's you know spirited it, there's a lot going on in it as well and it's it's sort of aggressive but not aggressively sour but there's still an aggressive beer flavor to it so I think what you're doing I think your instincts are 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 pretty spot on. So, so you blended this and bottled the blend when? In uh, uh, January of 2020. Okay. Okay. Because okay. that was our question was how long has it been in All the right. bottle? The bottle. Yeah. 
So, so, two, so that's the, the blend has been in the bottle for two years. Mm-hmm. So there's not any issue of like a recent oxygen exposure or anything like that. The oxygen's all been cleaned up by now. Um, it's really interesting. And I'm also wondering is if I'm really getting diacetyl or if I'm getting something else. But I know you talked about like a slickness, uh, JP. And I think I'm not wrong. I think it's there. Mm-hmm. But as, as Cooper pointed out, it's not an off flavor for this beer. It's not a desired flavor potentially, but it's not an off flavor. Right. I, like, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the problem with a show like this is that we're, we're trying to pick beers apart, which is the point of the yeah. show. So it's not like we're, it's, it's not like it's just me on a random Thursday where it's like, Oh, I'm going to be negative about this beer. Um, because like I can maybe sort of get like a Cheerio THP thing if I'm really trying, if I'm hunting for it, mm, but yeah. I sort of don't care. It's as, it's right. as one of those beers that like the sum of its parts sort of, uh, outweigh the, maybe there's a thing here. Let's investigate by drinking more. Maybe, you know, it's like if we're having to look this hard at some of these flaws, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that they're just not there or they're at levels where it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, if there was PDO getting loose in this beer, and you'd you'd have some ropiness going on, like mm-hmm. visibly, it's it's hazy, but it's you yeah, know, it's very it's, true. Um, you would see the ropiness and 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 see more problems, and the diastole probably be a lot stronger, and and the the bottles would have problems, <laughs> maybe too. But you'd see a, yeah. a ring or something. That's I think a it good was, point. We pour this out, and like, why is there snot in my glass? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it seems like it was fully aged and and nicely blended with a proper. Uh, treatment when it was yeah. when it was bottled so uh yeah no problems there the last pure thing to come out of january 2020 mm, 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 mm. yeah this is this is good i sort of don't really know where to go with it so why don't i open up to you Naraya? what do you want to ask um me but also maybe the brian's too did we talk about the recipe yet no let's do the recipe <laughs> yeah. well so these two beers were brewed on the same day and they went through the same exact thing. So I don't, I don't know if you want to dive into the next one yet or not, but what do you think about the category? Do you think that this, you know, to you is a, is a Lambic? I mean, you guys scored it pretty high. So I would assume that let's, let's wait on the recipe. I think that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It it does taste like a fruit Lambic to me. It's got all those Lambic kind of characters to it. Uh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's there. I agree. Agreed. I, I mean, agree. Co- Cooper and I were making the comparison to Cantillon earlier, uh, not to like stroke your ego, but that's just like we were talking about how there's this is not dissimilar to Cantillon that we've had. And that's like mm-hmm. an iconic sour brand. Yeah, right. Lambic. Yeah. So iconic sour, excuse me, iconic Lambic. That, that's the iconic Lambic. So I think the category is exactly right. I think so too. I looked it up too because I'm like fruit beer. I don't know. Would you put wine? But yeah, I mean, you know, it's yes, you would. So that was the only question I had. Yeah, I was a little weird too. Like, okay, I don't, we don't get many fruit lambics on the show, so it's just like not something we have to face on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's my like, first, it's my first one as a doctor homebrew. So let's pour the uh, the Malbec and uh, well, let's take a quick break. We got to do that first. Yes. Um, do we have any other okay. questions or anything about this beer? Maybe maybe we. We'll hold everything to the end. We'll do a Since compare the and same, contrast yeah. at the end. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Uh, hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Homebrew. We have another uh, another sour beer to get to and uh, more praises to heap upon Naraya. So hold on, everyone. We'll be right back. Thanks for sticking around, everyone. We are back with Naraya and his uh, Fruited Lambic, Category 23F. All right, Naraya, so we were talking earlier, this is just like a standard blonde ale, um, but this one, instead of Sav Blanc, we have Malbec juice. Yes. So why the Malbec? Why uh, It's not really like a style that you even you know see. I think Malbecs are usually for blend, like Zinfandel blends. I don't know. My winemaking is sort of not really up to snuff. But how come Malbec juice? Well, I left it up to uh, my friend Tyler Peck to kind of guide us in the right direction on, you know, what's the best wine to use. They're supposed to be sort of uh, sangria, sour-like. And, you know, he, he knew okay. more about wine than me, so I kind of let him you know, yeah. take the wheel on that one. That makes some sense. Of our, yeah. Some of our local wineries make a Malbec wine and uh, it, it's some of my favorite, honestly, too. It's got, um, it can be good. It's got like a kind of a plum like character and a little tart current, um, kind of a savory uh, bitterness to it. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. the, you know, the wineries do that do the French style, you know, Bordeaux style wines. Um, sometimes you can get a really good Malbec and uh, yeah. One of my local wineries here, it's called Cuda Ridge in Livermore. Uh, they do a nice one. This one is is uh, a lot more fizzy. The uh, the bubbles, the, the head is super big, and the bubbles are super tight. It's crazy. And it's loud, too. I can hear it through my headphones. Mm. <laughs> uh, all right, Char, why don't you uh, go first with this one here? All right, thank you. So, yeah, I definitely got a hiss when I opened this one. Uh, aroma. Uh, it starts off with a sort of a medium level of Malbec grape aroma. And you know, I, it, we're just talking about Malbec. Yeah, it's a, a big Australian wine. Uh, I'm not sure we always get the best examples shipped to the U.S., just like I'm not always sure we get the best examples of French wine gets shipped here. But uh, having said that, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, uh, I have a pretty good idea what it, what it smells like, tastes like. Why did I go off on that diversion? I maybe I'm a little know. bit tipsy. It's the second half of the <laughs> I knew second it. show. I, knew it. I guess maybe here's the thing: and this is a beer, uh, low lactic acid, low Brett Funk. Uh, not getting THP in the aroma at all. Uh, no hop aroma. It's which is okay. It's uh, fruity and inviting. Gave a ten out of twelve. Uh, appearance three out of three. It's got a uh, red wine like color, but it's certainly not. As dark as just a Malbec, uh, the it's very clear. Medium head settles. My, my the head of mine settled pretty quickly. Yours is very heroic, JP. Uh, just on the zoom camera, it's really tall and it's very persistent. And mine yeah. was not like that. So, no, it went away it, real it, fast. That's though. definitely that's okay. That's could be my glass. That may be a bottle variation uh, yeah. thing, also. Uh, and again, this this I've had this sit out for three hours. And frankly, at this point, I don't recall how big the head was when I first poured it three hours ago. Uh, but uh, uh, flavor, why so not? appearance, <laughs> I give it three out of three. Flavor, uh, initially the flavor is sort of a medium Malbec uh, grape with low lactic 
uh, the, the acidity rises in mid palate to balance, uh, get a low Brett funk, uh, in the finish, it's long and it's pretty well balanced between the acid and the Malbec, uh, well attenuated, no THP. And what's interesting to me was, uh, I, I think that the flavor is more rounded and I'm trying to tell, you know, it, I'm sure it's the difference between the red and the white and the stronger flavor of the Malbec versus the more subtle flavor of the Sauvignon Blanc. I, you know, red, both red and white wine will have uh, tannin in the grape skins and in the seeds. Red wine typically has more. I'm trying to tell if I'm getting more tannin. I think I, uh, maybe I am getting a slight amount more tannin. I think you are getting more tannin. But it's really hard to differentiate between the tannin and the acid. You know what I'm saying? But I, I think the tannin does kind of rein the acid in a little bit. This is more of a rounded, less acidic flavor than the previous one. Uh, so it's 15 out of 20. Uh, mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Body's medium. Carbonation's medium. It's not warming, creamy, or astringent. I ended up landing on the same score for this as the other one, having my doing my modification on the fly. Uh, 41 out of 50 overall impression was an eight. Uh, really like this beer. Uh, this is a much stronger aroma and flavor grape, the Malbec than the Sauvignon Blanc. And it definitely makes its presence known. Uh, it's more definitely more rounded, but it's still definitely sour in, when, when tasting it. You know, initially when Brian and I talked before the show, my opinion was that the, the Sauvignon Blanc was a better sour and this was a better fruit beer. Uh, but I think if I were to go back, I would probably tack an extra point onto the Sauvignon Blanc one in competition and probably have that one prob- probably match Cooper's opinion. Uh, not that I want to uh, telegraph that. Uh, JP, cut that out. Uh, uh, <laughs> is telegraphing is. Cooper's opinion. Uh, but I... I Probably, I like them both a hell of a lot. I mean, they're both 40, 40 plus point beers. This is a 41 point uh, uh, fruit lambic. Uh, so, not to poo poo this beer at all. I mean, this beer is excellent. But I think that the, when that Sauvignon Blanc one is warm and you really get the character of the grapes, I think that one really stands out. And I'm also kind of wondering if what I thought was diacetyls may be a manifestation of the grape character in some way undergoing this this sour fermentation. I don't know, something I thought about during the break, but uh, really well done. I thank you for who has shared two 40 point uh, beers with us (laughs) in in one show recently. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing this. Yeah, definitely. All right, Cooper. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, Cooper's doing right, his homework I'm, the last minute. He's he's the kid who sits in the hallway waiting for the teacher while he's finishing his homework. I am again uh, uh, tasting the beer uh, after one night of aging in my refrigerator, having been recapped and uh, carefully, gently transported there. But uh, yeah, now, this one's horrible. It's a thirteen point <laughs> beer. Uh, this sucks. Take away your brewing credentials, and uh, <laughs> that's right. I'm going to call the agency. Oh. Yeah. uh so yeah and the nose on this one i get a uh a pleasant uh, muted tart and fruity notes with a big um 
kind of fruit juicy grapey aspect red grape like mm-hmm. uh i get berry currant jam uh generic jam i guess you could call it. yeah like berry jam maybe um safeway grape, grape signature jam. generic uh berry jam <laughs> concord grape jam no uh <laughs> no 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 concord aspects here uh no no hops low muted malt buried again uh, even further i guess uh, there's a slight funkiness here only uh kind of a light straw like component it is cleanly tart in the nose you know no dms i'm not getting any diacetyl here either and this one's you know if at a pretty good judging temperature it's not not warm but it's not ice cold at all um appearance wise it's a really pretty kind of reddish purple ambery color with uh you know, moderate haze, a bit tough to see through, uh, really looks like a glass of juice, you know, um, you could look at this and say, here's, here's, have some grape juice, you know, it, it looks like grape juice. Um, again, had that kind of crackly head of large, uh, pinkish white bubbles this time that, that faded fairly soon after pouring. So I just took a point off for the, the head fading really quickly. Um, and a little bit for the haziness, which is forgivable in a, in a sour, but, uh, could be cleared up, uh, flavor wise. It's, it's very grapey up front with a, you know, these juicy kind of, uh, red grape plum, like overtones, rich, um, cassis, like the dark current, a little bit of kind of blackberry, quality to it for sure um a little bit of earthiness there's some tannin going on uh lambic tart quality is low lower i guess it's not it's not super low but it's it seems less tart than the other one um and only a faint bit a bit of the the brett comes through at this uh with this blend um you know still the fruit in it is very fresh and pleasant tasting um just it's just big (laughs) there's a lot of fruit in this one and it's very more obviously uh tasteable um the balance strongly to the fruit finishes semi-sweet um and the malt is low backgroundy which you know you're not obviously going to get a lot of different malt characters in a in a lambic sour um the fruit lingers into the aftertaste there's a tart edge to that but like the tart edge that you would get from a, a fruit juice, not like from a, mm. a yeah, like super a, like, sour like lambic cranberry tarts. juice kind of tart. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> or even, even a grape juice. I mean, grapes are pretty, pretty tart, you know. What? Wait, have you ever thought about putting grapes in a beer like this? I never have. No, but <laughs> I'm thinking of it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I gave it a 14 out of 20 for flavor. Really nice flavor, you know, pretty balanced. I think I would like a little more tartness in it uh, to, to balance all that heavy grape there. Um, it, and it's a nice grape. It's really nice, but... Um, Crazy. Mouthfeel-wise, medium-bodied. I feel like this should feel a little lighter. Like Lambics, to me, like they feel light-bodied. They're usually super dry. This one finishes kind of semi-sweet and it's it's not as dry as you would expect for a lambic lambic, but because it's a fruit lambic, um, you know, fruit can give more the impression of sweetness, even if it is 
very dry, but I suspect that there is some, you know, some level of, of, it feels like there's some level of gravity left in this. I probably could put it in a hydrometer right now and it goes straight to zero. I don't know, but it, it, it feels like there's some more uh, sugariness to the beer than there may really be. Um, no warmth. It's, it's, and it's not heavy. It's just, it should, to me, it should feel a little lighter on the palate. Um, medium, low carbonation, uh, just a little bit of puckering quality to it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I mean the, and this one, the grape quality is very nice. It just, it overpowers the base style a little more, a little much, and, uh, you know, makes it more like a, a, a fairly tart juice than like a, like screaming, uh, lambic, uh, with fruit. It's just, um, you know, the balance of the style against the fruit is a, you know, could be done just a little bit better on this. I think I would lighten up the fruit on this one with that red grape, which is a really nice tasting, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Malbec juice. And it's a nice, it's a grape that I like too. And I'm not getting anything bad from the grape flavors at all. I'm just really talking about very fine points of balance here. Um, and you could also use a, a maybe more tart, long-aged lambic here. Um, also being that, you know, the, the, the beer's in the bottle for, for two years now. It probably did taste a lot different. And maybe the with a fresher version of that, uh, the, the, the Malbec, it would have uh, expressed itself a bit more prickly and, and sharply when it was younger in the bottle, I would imagine, and kind of have more of that Lambic-like character. Um, but I think maybe this one is, is starting to go you know, the fruit is slowly going away, but there, there's a lot of fruit in here. So it's there for a while and it's, it's just changing character. Um, you know, more, more Brett could bring out that edge too a little bit, but I think again, the Brett is kind of losing to the fruit. Um, but again, this is a, a fine points. It's a well-crafted, very enjoyable beer. Um, nonetheless, um, I would work on the head retention again and the clarity uh, the head's just falling flat too quickly and it would look a little prettier. The color would, you know, the color is nice. I don't know if the clarity has changed over time in the bottle being in there for two years. Uh, you know, again, it could perhaps be due to the fruit, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, fruit matter in there, a little, uh, you know, uh, uh, pectic enzyme will take that, that out real quick. Uh, but I landed at a, uh, 37 on this one it's 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 up towards 40 but to me it's not quite the balance wasn't quite as nice as the first one to me and i really love that first one that is amazing that uh the so blanc i think brian and i originally kind of flipped scores on these and i i twist them to my way i i could be a little twisted towards his way on this too because it is a really enjoyable beer as well but you're like the joker I'll, dude you're twisted we're gonna we're gonna leave jp as the tiebreaker like which one is the better fruit lambic (laughs) you don't want to do that um i don't need so i i I still have a little glass of the first one the sablong and they're they're they drink like completely different beers which is surprising to me um and i'd be interested to find out if it's the same amount of juice or whatever but the sablong grapes are it's definitely more beer forward um the malbec is you were saying like you were trying to hit some sort of sangria beer like thing. And I think that's exactly what you did 
to me, that means the intention was to drive it a little more grape heavy and to make it drink more like a more like a wine than the other one. Uh, at least that's what I'm imagining. So I imagine there's more Malbec juice in here than the Sav Blanc. Uh, it's 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 good in its own right. I mean, it's um, you know, it's a little tartar, but I think it's an expression of the of the of the grape. Um, there's not a whole lot of, 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 of beer expression or malt expression. Um, the sourness, I mean, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, again, if I went into a bar and ordered this as a, a, a Malbec style Malbec juice blended with a, a sour beer, I would be like, yeah, this is exactly what I asked for. So it's hard to sort of like say for me, well, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, Drinking again as it warms up. There's no head on it at all. I do get some beer. I do get a sour aspect of it, and I think the the tartness of the of the Malbec sort of rides on the same wavelength as the tartness of the beer, and I, so I think those things can sort of be in 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 not clash, but I think one can hide the other. They can sort of like float in between one another. So it's hard to differentiate between the barrier of the Malbec juice and the beer. I don't think that's a problem at all. I think this beer is great. This is better than some of the the wine blends that I've had from other sour beer breweries. It's I think they're both great beers. They drink like different beers. I would never have guessed that they were they had the same base beer. I think that's cool. I think it's really neat. So I I couldn't even tell you what I think is better. <laughs> what I think is better. That being said, I think it's time to talk about the beer. Talk about the base beer. I'm going to go out in a limb, JP, and I'm going to guess, I'm putting in my guess now, there's the same quantity of Malbec grapes or juice that was used of Sauvignon Blanc grapes or juice. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you. Well, Char would be right. There is the... Yeah! yeah. Because the the flavor of the Malbec is so much more intense. Okay. Only because uh, the Sauvignon Blanc got blended with a little bit more of the blend than the Malbec did. So the Malbec does, you know, pop a little bit more. So technically. So same juice. I'm same right. amount of juice in both, but. Technically, we're both right. The other. Well, technically, I'm That's still great. right. Yeah. Because this, because the Malbec has no beer blended back into it. So therefore, the Sav Blanc juice quantity overall percentage is lower. So I We're win. both right or we're both wrong. Glass <laughs> half full or half empty. No. I'm right and you're wrong. Um, okay, so base beer. Let's go through that real fast, please. Yeah, I'd love to hear the recipe. So this was a extract, and uh, extra fuck I off, Naraya. That's a, not, not a bad way to go for a sour beer, really. I don't remember exactly what I read uh, that persuaded me to do that because I do brew uh, all grain, but I read something. I mean, it's just. Um, this is a long time ago and uh it's mostly the aging and the yeast oh, and the bacteria oh. <laughs> that is really going to drive it yep so i went with that for for whatever reason that i can't you know remember now um well one thing i found when i was brewing extract for the first six months of my brewing career was that my beers always consistently finished higher on the the the, the final gravity and i i don't know there was something just a little less fermentable about the the extract the, the, the good extract that I would get from the homebrew shop uh, compared to when I would do a mash and mash at normal temperatures and let it ferment out, it would always go a little bit lower. So I feel like maybe the, um, 
the extract gives the bugs a little something extra to chew on. And, you know, that could be a, a fun thing to try. Do the same beer with extract and with, uh, you know, all grain mashed at a normal temperature and just see what happens. Right. Um, so do you want to know everything that, that was in that extract? Or, yeah. Or were there especially grains too? Yeah, as much as you got. Yes. Yeah, so, so I did uh, 0.6 of a pound of carapils, 0.6 of a pound of biscuit, and 0.3 of uh, two-row. Biscuit. That's interesting. Mm. Why biscuit? Uh, I don't have any notes that uh, describe <laughs> that. It was so long ago. Yeah. But, uh, Past that's the, cool. I, I just kind of want to add in a little biscuity note to yeah. it, and I thought that would be that yep. would be good for it. It sounds um, like, it sounds like a, something like a, a, you know someone who's learning at a homebrew. Like, yeah, that sounds great, and then you sort of like learn that maybe you don't need to do that, or you learn a way around it, and you sort of like forget that that ever happened to you. You're like, wow, that was. That was weird. <laughs> well, in, in a beer where the sourness just twists any remnant of the original character of the specialty malts that were in there, you know, yeah. I mean, have you ever tasted a sour stout? <laughs> Does it taste anything like a Guinness? No, Ugh, no. you know, it, yeah. so just, you know, it's, it's there. Yeah. But it, it got covered up and aged out and twisted and turned and yeah. you know, the yeast did its thing to the, and the bugs did their thing and, you know, there you go. It it's would a be a different. It would be a different beer without it, right? And and like I was saying, this is only my uh, at the time. This is only the second sour I'd I'd ever done, so still in a very much like experimental phase. Like, oh, let's see how this works. Let's see how that works. That's you know? sort of what I was I was mean. Yeah, or you're like, oh, we, we're just trying everything at this point. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so got yeah. A, a lot of different stuff. Talk about the original beer then and why you blended it with the second beer. What did the original beer taste like and what made you want to blend it? So uh, I went through a little bit of a a weird phase with this beer where, uh, so for uh, what I did was I followed the uh, Michael Tonsmeyer method and um, I put the bugs and the uh, brewer's yeast in at the same time. And I let that, you know, uh, sit in primary for about two weeks and then I racked it off and let it age. Well, um, I kept checking it, you know, every, uh, three months or so, and it was not getting sour and it was getting funky, but it wasn't getting sour. And I was like, well, maybe I did something wrong here. Maybe I added too many IBUs. I don't know. I don't really understand what's going on. And I used, uh, for, uh, brewer's yeast, I used a Safel, uh be 134 so a saison yeast um okay and for the bacteria i use white labs uh 655 the belgian sour mix and so after uh how long was it about about a year i believe i I was like this isn't this isn't going anywhere and Mm -hmm. oh I, i i forgot to mention that uh i put the both grape juices in to primary with it as well Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. I I mean, at the time, I, I was like, I don't really see anything against this. Um, might as well just throw it all in at once. Was the cra- so, crab, crab tree effect is the only reason why not to, because the yeast might preferentially ferment the, the fruit juice and then not want to ferment the, uh, uh, the maltose. But that Saison yeast is a fucking monster, and that'll mm-hmm. ferment everything, crab tree or not, pretty much. Right. And, and so I basically thought that, um, Saison yeast can get 
you know, beers down pretty low and, and so can yeah. wine yeast, you know, maybe it'll, it'll work the same for both of them. Yeah. Uh, it seemed to work pretty well. Um, so after about a, roughly about a year uh, and I had tried the beer maybe three times, uh, I was like, it's not, it's not getting sour. I don't know. I don't know what I did, but you know, I'm going to try something to maybe, you know, kickstart it a little bit. So I bought some more of that uh, Belgian sour mix and I created a starter, you know, I'm trying to just, you know, build up those bugs. And I actually threw uh, a ton of fruit into this, which at, at this point, you can't taste all the fruit that's in it. And that's why I didn't really claim it. But I needed, uh, you know, some food for those those bugs to chew to kind of, you know, give it what I wanted, basically. Um so I have a list, you're going to lose me visually for a second because it's on my phone, but I have a list of all the uh, sure. fruit purees that I added. So for the white, I added blood orange, strawberry, apricot, mango, and grapefruit. Wow. Grape, red, grapefruit. Okay. I was, cause I've got like a big grapefruit, not big, but like a like grapefruit pithy kind of thing. And yeah, I you were, you were talking pith earlier mm-hmm. before he said that. Taking the pith. Yeah. And I was going for a, you know, a, a sangria like sour. So I was like, let's just throw a bunch of fruit in it. Yeah. You know, I need, I need food for the, uh, the bugs to chew on. So let's just, let's just go heavy on it. And for the red, I did blood orange, cherry, blackberry, boysenberry, and raspberry. Wow. I got the blackberry. So, which are, which in a lot of those are sort of like Malbec, you know, flavor identifiers anyway. Right. Yeah. Which is good. And I think that's smart. I mean, especially if you want to accentuate those, which is, that could be good too. I mean, if you, if you really want to drive the Malbec point home, you know, why not throw in some fruit that sort of identify as, you know, as that. But the blood orange is the interesting twist in both of these. I'm not like getting an obvious blood orange taste in, in either one. No, I mean you you bring it Never up. Never really did either. Yeah, I could be convinced of it in the first one because it mm. it is sort of mm. like tart and 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 pointy. You know what I mean? But like what you expect out of a young sour beer. That's the other part of it. Where like that sort of aggressive bitterness is more like the sour beer part rather than like a, a bitterness or an off flavor or something like that. It just to me it just naturally integrated with the idea of the beer. Which is so why when I think you, it was so great. Yeah. When you fed those bugs, then they became happy and merrily started souring this beer over the course of another year or something. Yes? You would think. But... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, the story continues. And, yeah. so, and I'm over here like, what, what? Am I doing something wrong? Like, what's happening? Like, it's, it's funky. It's just not sour. Mm. Um, so you know, after trying it a few times, it's starting to get, you know, close to two years old. And I was like, yeah, I, I need to start thinking of other ways to get this to where I need to go. And so that's when I brewed, um, another, uh, Blondale all grain this time and, uh, soured that one, um, for the blend. So, and the recipe for that one is, give me one second it is 12 pounds of two row one and a half pounds of white wheat and uh 
three quarters of a pound of flaked oats. Yeah, that seems and, like a more like a sour beer recipe. I think the wheat and oats are helping you here and giving giving yeah. you something for the 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 bread, especially to chew on and continue to funk it up. There's a lot of funk in both of these, and and patience mm-hmm. is rewarding with that regard. So, yeah. Well, what I did with this one is because I really wanted to, you know, to nail it this time. I don't want to have to wait, you know, uh, even longer and find out that it's not where I want it. And uh, <laughs> since then, because that's almost a, a two year uh, span, I had brewed other sour beers and what what I had picked up, um, you know, from my experiments is, is that uh, what I was doing at the time and I still do it. Uh, so I have a brew bucket you know, a seven gallon brew bucket. And I, yeah. I, you know, slapped a reptile heater on it and some, uh, insulating foil. And so that's kind of my, uh, kettle souring bucket. Well, I saw no need to, um, put it back in the kettle and, and boil off yeah. the, the lacto. There's no point in that. So it actually, what I did was, um, I pitched the lacto and I pitched Kavec at the same time. And I figured that, the Kavec would get started pretty quickly and, you know, push out all the oxygen. So it would be a great environment for the lacto and they both work at the same temperature. So I figured I could, you know, two birds with one stone. So that's, that's a really fascinating idea. So I'm not, I'm not always a big fan of Kavec, but for this purpose, I think your reasoning is a hundred percent spot on. Agreed. Yeah, I, I've done it uh, several times since, and and I love the hmm. way it turns out. I've it never heard me, of anyone you know, doing that, and I'm I'm I've never heard of anyone doing that, and I'm shocked I haven't. And that's I think you've hit on something shocked. really, really good here. Yeah, I'm wondering how much the Quebec really did in that environment. That super acidic, already fermented out, like you know, that's. A yeast that wants to eat sugar and there's not a whole lot of sugar there right i mean it's no the, this is the this is the blend, the blend. So oh this is, is okay yeah. oh the bl- the blend i'm so i'm yeah. sorry okay so this was in the blend and okay got it so well half, and half so Quebec. unfermented wort i just threw the lacto and the Quebec at the same time yeah okay yeah. that's cool got it yeah that makes sense okay well, and the one time i used Quebec, like the longer that beer aged out three or four months it got a little tang, like a tartness yeah. to it. And it wasn't like a c- contamination. I think it's just the, the yeast. So I think that yeah, also... that's just what it is. Yeah, I think that also plays a really big part in, you know, rounding out these other flavors too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. That's great. So, yeah. So from there, uh, I was actually worried about it having too much uh, sugar left over. So I let that sit. I threw some uh, Brett Brock's on that for about yeah. four months and i threw some oak cubes in oak cubes completely got lost i, n- I never really tasted the the oak at all mm-hmm. but you know I, it was worth a shot but uh yeah i let it sit on brett until it got down to a, yeah. a good stable gravity and then i you know did a little blending session and blended them directly into the uh yeah. the keg uh each keg where i i topped it off with a little bit of uh, priming sugar and a little bit more Brett before I bottled it. I like the Brett Brooks. That's a good one to use for sure. For totally long, agree. Long age sours. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break, everybody. And then we'll come back and we'll, we'll learn a little bit about the blending. And then, uh, and then we'll let you go, uh, Naraya, because it's, you know, it's already four days ahead 
for, for you or something mm. like that. I don't know. Hold on, everyone. It's Dr. Homer. We'll be right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everyone. We're wrapping it up here with Naraya and the boys about uh, blending this sour beer. Uh, I don't know why I'm explaining to you because it's only been like a minute since you've heard this last conversation. So, <laughs> so Naraya, you have your uh, you have your your sour beer. You have your blend ready. How are you figuring out what goes where? Uh, the teaspoon method. Um, I took a sample of of each all three mm-hmm. and you know i did teaspoon here teaspoon there until i got uh the ratio that i thought was best yeah we were talking about that on the break that's a a, a good way to go and not to waste a lot of beer and like whoops i blended it wrong just go <laughs> slow and methodical all right that seems easy enough it seems too simple yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of just uh you know, you, you do the ratios until you find something you like, and then, yeah. you know, try to apply that to how many gallons you have and, you know, hope for the mm-hmm. best. Yeah. Do you remember approximately how much of the younger, uh, more sour beer was blended with the, the older one to get the right mix in each of these? You know, I, I wish I had wrote it down and I didn't, <laughs> yeah. but I well, could tell you I had, uh, a five and a half gallon, uh, batch for the blend. And these each were uh, almost, they were like six and a half gallons, maybe a little over. And I didn't quite use uh, all of the uh, original sour for that. So, okay. Well, you know, you're never going to be able to re- replicate this beer. Right. Exactly the same way. You, you might, well, exactly the same way. I mean, you might be able to get close, but uh, I feel like right. 
Right. You know, there were some stop gaps where you're like, ah, I got to now I got to feed it with all these, you know, whatevers. And um, are you are you a competition guy? Are you going to enter competitions? Have you done? So this I've only ever entered uh, two competitions. Okay. Um, you know, I just I, I figured that if I like the beer, then, you know, I just drink it and it's not really I don't know. I wasn't really into competitions for, for a while. I've been homebrewing for about uh, seven and a half years. And mm-hmm. uh, just um, past few years, I started uh, entering competitions last last year, actually. Um, so I've only entered two, but the last one I entered, um, I entered these both in it. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, there's so much wine in this and yeah. there's a gallon and a half Wait, hang on. of wine in a five gallon batch. So let me, let me a gallon inter- and a half of wine, uh, juice and five gallons of, of beer. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that's a, that's a lot of wine. And so I thought they were too wine like that, you know, maybe the experimental category would, would be fitting for this. Okay. And both judges which you know same judges for for both of them told me that uh it was miscategorized and that i should have put it in the lambic category hmm. and so so here know, we that, are that led me to here I <laughs> here like we are that, yeah you know big fan of your show wanted to get on it and figured you know i get some i get your opinions and see what you think oh well thanks so have man. you ever hey, thank yeah. you very much yeah have you ever done a blend of the blends because that's what i just did yeah, of course uh, you did <laughs> half and half of each of those i gotta do it now too Dude, you blend uh, everything. everything. Okay, because so it gives the 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 Malbec kind of wins, of course, but it 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 gives the Malbec a little more sour and makes it. A, I would you know go a little higher on the Malbec version with this, but it's. I did two thirds to one third, and the Malbec still kind of like you know permeates, but um, it does sort of like lift everything up. The salve sort of disappears, and yeah. it's, it's Malbec forward, but. Um, pretty good but the sourness comes yeah. up and the yeah. taste more of the funk well it's like so it's and fun. it's like grapefruit bitterness that kind of comes in and cleans up after the malbec too so it's like tart and then you got the fruit bitterness and now you, too. Now you can taste the blood blood orange too a little bit yeah <laughs> uh naraya do you have any questions for anybody i feel like you taught us more than we're gonna teach you but i feel like I'm right. just, let's open it up let's see what happens i mean no, not not really. I mean, if you think that this is a uh, good for the fruit lambic category, and uh, you I mean, guys really seem to like it, so I'm I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I I couldn't imagine like what else you could really do. You, I was just going to go mean? American Wild Ale, but I mean, once once they said lambic, nah. I started thinking like, oh, maybe this yeah would fit better. Yeah, I, think, I wouldn't go yeah. American Wild Ale. Yeah, the Sauvignon no. Blanc version definitely works as the lambic. Uh, the the Malbec I could go either way. You could you could enter that as a specialty. You know, uh, well you entered as a specialty that didn't work, but as a wild ale it could work. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's hard to categorize, but sometimes mm-hmm. those beers are the most fun. And, Just do one uh, of each. We we could send a note to Gordon Strong and let him know like he needs to invent a new category for your beer. And, uh, <laughs> he 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 talked I about really. that. There's that link on the BJCP site for suggested yeah. new uh, new styles. So there you sure, go. Yeah, he'd look at it and go, I don't know, man, make something else. I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, no, I I think it's good. I personally and and obviously I am not nearly as um, reputable of a judge as these guys are, but. I think it's fine for what it is. I think I think it's the uh, you know category twenty three F, and if you look at those categories, it'll even say 
you know, wine grapes as an example of fruit to add. So yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with that at all. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's not like spontaneously fermented or anything. And I wasn't sure if that's something that, you know, I have to claim, you know, being in the lambic no. category. No, no. Okay. So of, that, yeah. that, that's really what was holding me back on that. But okay. It's it's most styles aren't about how you make them. It's how they taste. In fact, I don't think there's any any styles in the BJCP guidelines that are limited by how you make them. They're they're based on how the beer is perceived by the drinker. Mm. So it's for our purposes for Dr. Homebrew, we want to know exactly how you made it. We want to, especially something as cool as this, we want to know all about your process and the proportions and this and that. No one's ever going to know that in competition. Right. And I think the, you know, the sour mix is meant to approximate what a wild fermentation, you know, a spontaneous fermentation would do. Right. And give you the flora and fauna that you would get from that. It just, I've had the same experience too, where you let it go and I just, the sour mix doesn't do anything, doesn't do anything. And I like that. What I really like about this whole story is the tenacity of you as a brewer that went in, took a beer that wasn't seeming to go anywhere and turned it into something fantastic in the end. So kudos well, to you. Man. Yeah. And you could have added just sugar or whatever, but you added, right. you know, fruit that sort of, and I don't know if you did this on purpose, but that sort of applied to the flavors of the juice that you were adding. Or you, you could have dumped that smart. beer. I you think could it's have smart. dumped it. That would have been a mistake, but you could have just like given up and dumped it. But you didn't. I didn't think it was exactly. a bad beer, so I didn't think it was it was dump worthy. I thought it yeah. was you know there was a lot to save there, so I absolutely about it. Yeah, for sure. Keep it going. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if that's it, I think we're done for the evening. It's folks. very late where you are, and yeah. thanks for being a good sport with us and hanging out. Yeah. Not yeah. Thanks, thanks man. Really, really appreciate you sending us this awesome beer. Yeah. All right, now if you can take off, or I mean, I'm I'm be another minute, and then I'm going to wrap up the show. So it's up to you, mm. whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, uh, right. thanks again, guys. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Yep. Thank you. Bye, man. So, Good so stuff. we need beer, right, JP? We need beer. Go, uh, email Brian. Spin up your uh, Microsoft Outlook or Yahoo or whatever the fuck your your Proton AOL online. Yeah, your Proton Hot, mail. Hotmail. Or Hotmail.com. Brian at the Brewing and we want anything mm. you fermented, it, just anything. I don't, I don't care what it is. Calm. You sounded very Midwestern. Calm. Calm. Yeah. Uh, we need beers. We need beers. We need wines. We need beverages. We need things to judge. We'll take a damn hard seltzer if you send it. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Will, will, will we? Yes, we will. And look, if we don't get right. anything in a couple months, we're we're just gonna we're gonna be. Uh, it'll we're gonna be wrap a, up the show and fold it all up. Nope, and it'll cancel. be it'll be a fashion show, and we'll every every show we'll have Brian Sharp. We'll go through five outfits of his wardrobe, and we'll judge him. You don't want five this. star five star chemicals. Yeah. Five five stars. Five outfits. That's right. That's what you got to do. It's uh, gematria. We're five 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 fashion, means something. Fashion SWAT. Yep. Um. So yes, do that. And then Sharp, remind me for the next time. We don't have time tonight. Um. Someone in the chat, uh, Hayden, I think wanted to uh, get your. Uh, definition of retention, head retention. You brought it up, I guess, on a, a Weizenbach review, and uh, Hayden wanted to hear it again. And um, you know, we, we've already been been trucking for almost an hour and a half now. So remind me for the next time. We will discuss head retention next yeah. month on one of the shows uh, next time. Yes. So sorry, Hayden. You got to stay tuned. That's how we get you. 
Hayden, send, send, send in a beer or two, Hayden. Come on. We need we need beer, please. Yeah, Hayden, please. first of all. Yeah, how We're dare you? desperate, but, yeah, we need beer. So yeah. send us a beer. We're going to make a new rule where you can't ask a question until you send in four beers. No, that's, <laughs> no one would ever ask questions. <laughs> Um, all right, we're going to take off. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Um, that's all I got for you. Email brianatheburgingnetwork.com because we need beers. Thank you very much. Have a good month. And um, until next time, we'll talk to you later.